Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. I think sometimes when it's the right time in someone's health journey, it can actually feel incredibly empowering to realize that we have a much more control over our health just with the tools that we contain within ourselves. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. Access to functional or specialized medicine testing and standard blood work is a big piece of personalizing care plans to help our clients succeed. But getting accounts with multiple labs and ordering and tracking results from many different web portals slows efficiency by bogging us down in admin work. This is why I'm completely obsessed with our podcast sponsor, Rupa Health. It's a single portal that allows you to order from over 20 specialty labs in one incredibly simple dashboard. I'm talking less than 30 seconds to set up your free account and about 30 seconds to order the labs you need. All the results are in one place and I can securely send clients their results with the click of a button. A big advantage for our clients is that standard blood work can be ordered for almost two thirds less than other direct to consumer lab sites. Rupa is a lab concierge, so they send the lab invoices on your behalf if a client pays for their own labs. They help them get set up with a lab draw, navigate testing questions, and they provide the requisition forms. It's literally a dream. Go sign up for free to help streamline your practice and simplify ordering labs for your clients at rupahealth.com. That's R-U-P-A health.com. And let them know I sent you when you sign up. You can also check out the show notes for this episode for a short video walkthrough of how I use Rupa Health in my own practice. Welcome to The Lustrous Life. Today, I have Abby Huber, who's an integrative functional dietitian and owner of the private practice Above Health Nutrition. She's an expert in digestive health and creator of the No Drama Digestion Program, an online program that helps clients eliminate symptoms of IBS and other digestive issues through the tools of functional medicine. The NDD program works to identify and eliminate the root cause of IBS in the body through nutrition, lifestyle, and personalized supplementation to provide long-term digestive healing and optimize overall health. Welcome, Abby. Super excited to be here. Yeah. So you and I talk a lot offline. We're in a group together. I'm so fortunate to know you. And we got to 
jibber jabbering about your health story, which was really fascinating and the things. And I think really basically about people when you're doing the work and you're not moving the needle as fast as you want and just kind of getting stuck in a place. And that happens too frequently. And you and I see some common denominators with that and we'll get into it. But first, let's start with your story because it's a great segue. And I think whether we like it or not, our personal stories are pretty much the factor on like how we're going to practice off commonly, our experiences, all of those things like make such a huge difference in how we empathize and understand patients and how we move forward in integrity and you know to help them get to be successful. So tell me a little bit about you and your health story and how it was a hot mess, even though you were a nutrition professional. Yeah. So I guess it started, let's say like 10 years ago when I first realized that like, Hey, I'm not going to the bathroom every day or even every other day. And that that's not normal. It took me to be a nutrition professional to realize, Hey, I think something's wrong here. And then it took me to finding functional medicine to realize like, Oh, there's more tools than just water and fiber that at the time made me feel worse to actually start to kind of remediate some of my health issues from the root cause. So kind of fast forwarding, finding functional medicine and getting kind of understanding of, oh, there's actually reasons for why I'm not going to the bathroom every day. I'm chronically fatigued, falling asleep on my books in grad school. After a spin class, I would just be like needing a two hour nap type of experiences that like those were not normal. And instead of just kind of feeling, I was feeling tremendously overwhelmed by my own health and just wanting to show up for, you know, school and kind of my future profession, realizing that there's actually legitimate reasons as to those root causes. So working through those with kind of my own knowledge in functional medicine, as well as I pulled in providers to help me because as, you know, as much as I am a provider, I also too like to get taken care of. And I was really working on like the physical, like the microbiome in terms of kicking out the bullies in the gut and inviting in the good guys. And I was working on opening my detox pathways and supporting my liver and doing all these things. And I was seeing tremendous improvement. And let's fast forward from those 10 years ago to like five years, even six years into kind of my journey, significantly better, but still not to the point of like, I wasn't without any symptoms. So that's where we kind of start to go deeper into. And at the time, I really was just thinking like, what's physically wrong with me? Who's in there? Is there inflammation? Is there microbial guys? Like what's going on? And this was about like two years ago, I guess now. And that's kind of where I was introduced, not only to that I had mold in my body, but that also there's a whole level that we have kind of the physical health of what supplements are we going to take? What actions are we going to do? What kind of things are we going to do from a treatment perspective to the idea that there's actually an emotional component to a lot of these health dynamics. And at first it was being so intangible. It was hard to wrap my mind around, well, how the heck do I even start to kind of heal that? What does that even look like to then really resonating with me of, you know, through my kind of family history through my own history of saying like, Hey, I actually think this is probably something I need to look into really started to do both the physical work and the emotional work, which takes me to today having really kind of quantum leaped myself into still got a little work to do. Don't we all, we're always kind of on the journey of healing, but this is definitely the best that I felt in the last 10 years of my life. And I so much attribute it to both working with those physical tools, the root causes, 
but also recognizing that there's a tremendous amount of emotional work that really helps to support healing. I think that so often we are very sciencey. I know that's how I am, right? But if we just back up and think about this really simply, if we don't have good brain health, meaning if we don't believe that things can be better, we don't feel like look at the world with like gratitude and et cetera, it's like the glass is always half empty for sure. And that's actually always going to be that way. I've learned that through my own coaching. It's like, actually, life is always going to be 50-50. So you can't say, when I get to this, I'll be happy. That you can, you know, you can desire change, you can desire improvement. We can all be better all the time. But it, you are actually going to be 50-50 to some extent. And so your outlook on that, your physical and emotional health, how things you're carrying things around from your history, that can be such a barrier and a block. However, it's the hardest thing to talk about and work on. And as a science, really a science-based professional, I like things that are tangible. And I have seen this same thing. It's like, you're going to quantum leap if you would do emotional work because it actually changes your brain chemistry and how you're processing stress. And the stress is actually, unfortunately, the thing that's killing you the most. It's like the catalyst that dumps out all the nutrients and then impairs digestion and slows it down and then allows things to become a problem. So you can improve all that, but you can go right back to where you were if you don't fix the actual root cause, which unfortunately was in your brain first. That's a kind of a hard pill to swallow. No one really wants to hear that. And then also, what do you do with it? Right? I think that's the biggest issue is that it's kind of, uh, I mean, it feels insurmountable. It feels like it's never going to end. And it also feels a little intangible. So I want to know for you, where did that start? Where did you get comfortable with it? Like, Do you remember the things that hit you? Like, maybe I should do something else as well. Like, Maybe I should be working on my brain in a different way or my nervous system. Or how did that start for you? How did you feel? And I think it's good to bring up, like you'd actually gone through years of healing and you did feel better. You just knew and you didn't look at it. I hope you didn't look at it. I think people are always like, but why am I not better all the way in two months? Like, well, you can be significantly better, but there's a lot of layers here. (laughs) These aren't going to be fast. So anyway, where did that start for you? Because it's, I think like how it hits us Hopefully that will be helpful to someone else. Yeah. I think I can pretty much pinpoint it in terms of what really kind of set me into the realization that there was this kind of like, we'll call it an emotional world for like lack of or invisible world. I've heard some people call it. I was working with a coach at the time. I call her more of my emotional coach. She was a business coach, but really worked in my emotions more than anything. And she was having me do these exercises of like diving into my body and like physically feeling my body, but more from like internal and where like emotions sit in my body. Like if I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed by like a business decision or certain situations or experiences in my life, like how do they show up in my physical body? And it felt so hard to actually get into my physical body and tell her like where these things were sitting. Does my stomach tighten or do I feel like even butterflies type of things. I was so disconnected from my physical body in terms of how emotions sit and kind of show up. And I feel like that was the first, like if we can talk about an intangible subject in a tangible way of really realizing like, I can't even feel how emotions sit in my body because I literally live entirely in my head. 
and talk about perception to stressors, like the worry or the hamster wheel that's like spin, 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 just constantly was in my mind. And the goal of her exercises were really, let's get you into your body. You can feel where these emotions sit. And then you can be like kind of more wired to say like, okay, I'm feeling this. Let me do some deep breathing. Let me do a lot of these practices that we talk about in the functional medicine world. But I started to realize like, man, I can't even get into my physical body and feel these emotions. I imagine that there's probably so much else that I'm not exploring that would probably be tremendously helpful. And that was kind of the like realizing that I almost truncated myself as like I was just a walking head and like a a body that just kind of like came along with me, (laughs) even though this is, you know, what we do for a living. And I care so much about my body. I wasn't connecting kind of my emotional world of how that like resides in my body. You're giving me a bit of a different perception definition, kind of. You're like warming up to mind-body connection in a way I've never heard before. That doesn't... You know how a term you hear all the time like doesn't really make any sense to you? When people say... The one that came up for me this week was like someone holding space. And then I, it was in a situation where I was like, ooh, I don't want actually to hold your emotions <laughs> for that. Like, If that's actually what that means, that I'm not actually interested in carrying those around. I don't know if it means. It doesn't matter. It's just an example. So mind-body connection kind Kind of, let me just kind of reiterate, and I want you to take us through that a little bit more. This invisible world, because again, it, it goes from like this kind of makes sense to it doesn't make sense, <laughs> and so this is why it's so difficult, especially as I'm such a tangible. And I think the people who come to us that come to me for sure, they want a really tangible thing, and that they do provide that, right? Like test results, and here's what we're going to do with them, and here's our expected results. And I, I love, I've always loved that. But what about when this is a stuck piece in between, and <laughs> it's impairing? I mostly care about this because it's impairing my results <laughs> overall. Yep. I'm sure you too. So you were trying to explore where emotions were sitting in your body. That's hard to like grasp, right? So can you like walk us through? And, and when I try to make this tangible, I think, oh, emotions sitting in your brain. It's like, oh, I've got so much to do. How am I even going to get done with my day? Oh my gosh, I've got to do... Everything's like a huge checklist. I'm never going to get this done. I think that's like such a common hamster. I think that is the definition of the hamster wheel. Like, oh, I've got so much to do, blah, 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 blah. And my coach would say, there's always enough time to get everything done. There's plenty of time. Those are like false beliefs. And I actually had... This is fresh to me because last week I'd manufactured a lot of stuff like that in my brain and I was feeling it all over in my body, but Mm -hmm. I had more awareness than I used to. So that's how I envision the hamster wheel feeling right in your brain where you are aware. Oh, it's like everything's spinning in your brain, which is why, and we talk about this, there's research around this, that if you put it on paper or you've done this too, like when you Mm -hmm. talk about this out loud, all of a sudden it's like not as challenging as it sounded in your brain when it was on the hamster wheel, right? And so when you write it down, it's like, oh, I actually don't have to do that at that time. Or, oh, if I actually write out the schedule, there is actually time for all of these things. Like I can make it work. And so it's really, so that's how I envision the hamster wheel. And that's kind of how I envision like letting it go in my brain and making it tangible. But I want to walk through what you were going through, which was how did it feel? Like, can you give me some examples of like, how this looked overall. Cause I, I want to like make it so I can touch it. Yeah. So I, how I kind of pictured it was like my hamster wheel in my brain was like all of this distraction of kind of what was keeping me actually disconnected, like from my body. It was all of this, like, this is more important or like all of these things. And like, I don't have enough time, all of this, when like the goal was to kind of like get into my body 
ground myself a little bit more, take some deep breaths and realize to your point, there's actually like so much time and let's prioritize some of these things. And like, you know, that's not even true. A couple of those thoughts, like I'm totally making those up, jumping to conclusions, just getting so much clarity on the busyness and the chaos that I was creating in my own brain by taking that time to kind of get grounded and realize like, oh, okay, like how is this kind of feeling? And I guess I'm speaking to it now, kind of fusing the work I did with that coach And then the work I do with a really wonderful provider who's a medical intuitive, who's kind of taken my understanding of that a little deeper. And she's the one that kind of talks about the invisible world. So I guess I'm like fusing both of these together now. So I'll start with the work that I did with that coach that was like, how do you get into your body? And she would picture it. She was like, all right, pretend that you're like a swimmer. Like you have a little you sitting on your shoulder and you're going to like take a nice like swan dive and kind of dive into your body. And we're going to start with like, if she dove into the crown of your head, like kind of that like gradual muscle release and feeling like, okay, letting your you know forehead, your eyes, eyebrows get heavy, your eyes soften, tongue to the floor, the roof of your mouth, like that kind of gradual muscle relaxation. And just like starting there of like, can you slowly guide and imagining like, okay, now the swimmer's in your shoulder and she's swimming down your right arm and kind of allowing that arm to get heavy, like just even that. And I've done those things before. I was a yoga teacher. I led meditations, but I feel like I did it for other people. And I wouldn't really take the time to carve it out in my own life and realizing like when you would come across a place that I was like, oh, like, wow. When I took that breath and I let my you know ribs settle or I let my belly soften, it's like, oh my gosh, the world just like seemed to like really ground or just like soften or like so much of like, wow, that must be a place. And she would make ob- observations of saying like, wow, you must hold a lot in like your diaphragm because you took that big breath and it literally like to my own description, I'd say like, wow, that felt really helpful. And that would be kind of a place of like, all right, pause your swimmer there. That like probably is a place that you might carry something in your body or we'd get to like, you know, other areas. And if it like felt more significant in terms of like, oh, wow, that felt like really releasing and like really nice. Like I carry a lot of tension in my jaw and like in my like core, And so those were places of like, oh, like those must be places that like, if I'm going to, you know, be stressed, I'm like, all right, is my jaw tense? Okay. Can I let that go? Can I take a couple of deep breaths? Can I kind of figure out where these places are, get some perspective on like, am I just creating busyness and distraction in my brain? What's really the priority or what's really at the core? Like, is it that I'm feeling like disconnected and I need to like reach out for some support from someone, be it my assistant or like a family member or, you know, something that it's like, what's actually the true need here? Because it's probably not the hamster wheel that's happening in my head. Those are the distractions that are kind of keeping me from like, what's the core piece that I'm kind of going for. And then the work with the kind of medical intuitive is really kind of guiding to saying like, there's certain organs that actually hold certain emotions. And those can kind of actually instigate some of the symptoms that can show up in our body. There's just generally speaking, like the liver tends to be an organ that holds a lot of anger or the small intestine holds a lot of challenge with our relationship with our mother or with feminine, kind of our relationship to the feminine, whereas the large intestines often relationship to like our father or to masculine, to masculine energy. So certainly not like as cut and dry, but like realizing, okay, this, you know, not only is getting in touch with how things physically feel in my body, really helping to just give me perspective on some of the overwhelm I might be feeling in a moment, but then also taking it to a further place of saying like, wow, are there actually like traumas, little T, big T being stored in the body? 
There's a book that I often, when I start this conversation with clients, we'll often have clients read of The Body Keeps the Score. I feel like it's kind of a, like a more popular book for very valid reasons and kind of starts that conversation of like our tissues and our organs like do hold some of our emotion. And how do we start to kind of exercise those out to allow those to release those little T, big T traumas just as much as we're trying to have like toxicity released from the body, like kind of thinking of like, oh, they're all the same. They're kind of just a burden on the body, just as the same as a bacterial overgrowth would be just as the same as a um, toxin would be something in that brain. So kind of how I think about it. Let me know if that made sense to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down emotions are also a, a toxic burden because we yeah. talk, I talk about toxic burden a lot, you know, and like put less trash in for the liver factory to take out and optimize how it clears things. And a lot of great things happen. Skin can look better and all kinds of things. But I liked that you gave us specifics on liver tends to hold anger, small intestines hold challenges from feminine or motherhood type stuff and large intestine relationship with father and masculine energy. Where does that come from? Like, who do we credit with kind of deciding that? Because that's where my science brain is like, well, who says that? Like, I've heard these things, but I never Mm -hmm. really thought about them until you're bringing them up. I'm like, oh, those are really fascinating. Where does that come from? That's a good question. And in terms of like where the origination of those like ideas and connections come from, we're definitely going to have to look into that because now I'm very curious. I feel like sometimes my first question, I'm like, no, totally. I mean, (laughs) yeah, well, exactly. I feel like where I've heard it, like now kind of several times, hopefully we're not just like regurgitating the same like misinformation, but from like my medical intuitive that I work with, who's very much in the field of like kind of consciousness and also individuals who are kind of more notable in terms of like popularity. I'd say like Joe Dispenza, we've talked about like 2B Magnetic, Lacey Phillips talks a lot about the patterning of those kind of where we store things can often be from experiences from like they often say like zero to seven or zero to 14, where like we kind of have like a blank slate and we're like absorbing a lot. We're kind of making our observations about like, okay, this is how the world works. This is who, what my role in the world is. This is like how my computer programming is going to be set up. And that's kind of where we imprint not only in our brain, but also in our body often these kind of experiences. And they're all for protection. Like your liver is not holding on to anger because it hates you. It's holding on to anger because it's like, hey, we're going to hold this because that was a really big experience. And whether it was literally you just got like the side eye from like your mom or something when you tried to confide in her and, you know, she was having an off day and you're like, okay, never confide in someone because you're not going to get that space held for you mm-hmm. or something. And so then you're like holding that, you know, anger and resentment against like people not caring for you in the way that you need to be cared for. But it wasn't terrifically like this huge event. Certainly it could be, but it's kind of the body's like, all right, let's protect you. Let's hold this in here until you're in a place that we could eventually let it go. So it's the same thing when we think about even like the symptoms that we have from some sort of like imbalance in the gut. It's not that our body hates us. We're shutting down some of those optimal vital health signs So that the body's like, no, we need to conserve this energy because there's something threatening us. There's something that we need to protect you from. So these things are really allowing ourselves to kind of show up, get kind of more in tune and say like, hey, let's kind of clean out our closets. Let's kind of go into the attics and sweep out all the cobwebs and like allow these things to kind of like let go from us and even look at like, is this patterning that I adopted actually like who I was brought into this world to be? 
Or am I working from a place of I'm just playing it safe and I'm not stepping into like who I'm supposed to be and the big person that I'm supposed to show up as out of fear or out of, yeah, like fear of abandonment, fear of not being accepted, fear of whatnot. It's inspiring. And mm -hmm. also it's hard to make tangible. And so I want to give a couple of thoughts around this that I have encountered, right? Sometimes people get acupuncture or massage or something like that, and they will have like a full emotional response from it. They get body work and they have full on things. I recently spent a Saturday morning in learning session with Dr. Jeffrey Bland. He's considered kind of the father of functional medicine. And you know, if we're not improving, like we should always be improving in our finding stuff. And that's kind of essentially what the whole premise of his four-hour workshop was about. And it was about homeostasis of the immune system. And one thing that really stuck out to me as a takeaway from that is that the immune system is keeping, it's collecting experiences. It doesn't matter what experience it is. And so it was a different, more tangible way of talking about this emotional thing. But this is why this is kind of tricky to talk about because I'm like, help me summarize this in a, in a sentence. And I'm like, and if someone asked me to do that, from for what we do. I'm like, I mean, how much long do you have? <laughs> you know? So I want to actually kind of go back to you did a beautiful job kind of walking through your story. And I know that you had some I know like part of your story is that you didn't really share as much was around you had some mold issues, etc. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually wondering how I know like probably as you started doing this emotional healing and energetics of emotional healing, that things really started to move for you. We've talked about that, but can we actually relate it to, did you see shifts in just things that you were working on from a physical standpoint? Is there any like specific example of how you can describe that if that's possible? Because I know like it was kind of all, you kind of, you collect all of these things that you do from a physical standpoint, you get much better. Now you're like, okay, what's the next step after this? So you start this emotional journey, you start this like feeling into your body. And then what comes next as far as like, where were you in your overall health journey? And what were some of the things that happened next and changed? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was kind of two years ago, just about when I found out about kind of mold toxicity, really as I'd heard about it for a long time, but kind of had the perception of like, oh, that's not common. Or it's like, you'll really know if you have mold toxicity and kind of still was feeling some, you know, what is this glass ceiling? Let's do some deeper testing. So found that, that I was living in an old brownstone that had some flooding in the basement several times. Water damage is kind of where mold toxicity, where mold grows from. Tested myself, found pretty significant elevated levels. So was working on it from, again, physical, like the binders and the detox support, all of these things, and was feeling, actually almost feeling a little worse before I was feeling better, but then started to feel pretty you know, significantly better, got myself out of the environment, and then started to work with this medical intuitive who really educated to me to say like, you know, mold shows up in people's lives when they need to, or it's almost an invitation. If you can think about something in, that feels negative in sometimes a little bit more of an opportunity to clear old emotions, because mold is kind of this damp, deep, dark, wants you to be the moldy leaf at the bottom of the leaf pile, starving from oxygen, kind of like shielding you from all of this kind of vibrancy of life, like kind of an opportunity to say, hey, let some stuff go. Let's clear some stuff out. Let's kind of get some fresh air. Let's get some sunshine. Let's get yourself out into the world and let yourself be seen. Mm. And that was kind of what I heard when we were talking about this like old emotions. It was actually at the very same time. It was actually right in like the thick of COVID. And I've been running a private practice for about 10 years, but I was running it part-time. And I was also teaching, writing and teaching a wellness curriculum. Obviously, COVID happened. Schools went to 
virtual and my position, I was a supportive position was not, my job wasn't terrifically demanding at that time because math science, but they were, you know, trying to figure out how to get those online, all of that type of stuff. So I was in the process of really making the decision to move to doing full-time private practice and making that jump, taking away my safety net of the health benefits that I got from teaching the 401ks, the, all the things that were kind of like felt comfy, cozy, cause that felt big. So it really felt like the opportunity of this kind of mold coming in was like meant to like shake me to my very core to get out and be seen and like make some daring things, make some moves in my life, move myself out of the apartment that I've been in for seven years. And I was actually kind of a vagabond for almost an entire year living between like my brother and his girlfriend's couch to, I lived in a hotel for three weeks. I lived on my, at my dad's, I lived at my mom's. I was down in Charleston for four months. Like, and it was the best, weirdest time ever realizing like, wow, this is like, I've got so much from it that I honestly can look back and like kind of thank mold in a way. Now I specialize in mold in my practice because it is much more common than we think. And it's a loaded piece as we've talked about, but it's really interesting that not only my physical health started to improve, like I literally had more energy that I could feel. I had just like this more positive glass half full perspective of life, even though I was living out of a suitcase. And at moments I was effing exhausted from being like, I can't live out of the suitcase anymore. I want a home, but like just the cards were not kind of fallen in the deck for that to be, we were remediating the basement, all of those types of things. But it was really something that I think played a very pivotal role in my business and in my kind of emotional health, as well as just kind of given me a tool that I had more control, I think, over my health from a my own consciousness and my own kind of work that I could do than just what the supplements could do or what the breathing exercises could do or what these like physical tools could do. So I think sometimes when it's the right time in someone's health journey, it can actually feel incredibly empowering to realize that we have a much more control over our health just with the tools that we contain within ourselves. I didn't have any expectations for the answer for that question, but that was like way different than I knew that it was going to go from. So there's a real growth assessment of your experience with mold for you to say like, oh, well, I actually had some gratitude to it. Like pretty sure I never heard that statement ever <laughs> related to that particular nasty fungus. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's where it's kind of interesting. Obviously, some people have, you know, there is a genetic makeup. I don't think we should blame things overly on genetics because the current experiences in our life and other things are kind of what allow things to manifest. But I think the question can be, depending on the severity of, for example, mold, then why isn't everyone in the house equally sick? Well, sometimes they all are manifesting their own symptoms. And sometimes it's someone's overall, uh, what do we call this, constitution is actually a mm -hmm. lot weaker. And so it's easier for them to really struggle with mold, whereas maybe this other person who's living farther away from it and not as exposed to it as much, spending more time out of that house, is actually doing better. And there's a lot of nuance to that, right? Winter can be a more challenging time. Summer could be an easier time because of the way we spend time in our dwellings. So we could go a lot of directions here. And again, like trying to understand, make things tangible. And you've done a beautiful job like sharing your experiences. And so if I was listening to this, I would want to say like, what is a medical intuitive? What are you talking about, Abby? Yeah. So this was a new individual in my life at that kind of two years ago, which is also just a funny happenstance of like being introduced to all of these things around the same time in like, you know, the thick of COVID. So she's a PhD in consciousness and she really 
has an ability to be kind of, yeah, same schools, Joe Dispenza. Yeah. You know, just different perspective. Totally. She works similarly to almost like a therapist in a way, but has more of an intuitive ability to kind of feel what is happening, like in someone's physical body, this like kind of perception of what's kind of showing up as the result of someone's past life experiences or where emotions are sitting or just kind of the experience of like the internal world of someone's body and even their relationships to others in their lives. So I actually bring her in as a tool in my private practice when it's kind of a good time for someone to start this conversation. And I think like three years ago, I probably would not be, it would be a harder sell for me to be like, what do you mean about this? What are they doing? And can I see some research on this? And having had the opportunity to almost be a fly on the wall in now the 50 plus client sessions that I've had with her, it is, first of all, she never says the same thing to any clients. And my clients typically like jaws drop, or certainly there's like tears, there's massive relief, release of just almost kind of being seen or putting connections together. It is such an amazing healing tool that I never even knew existed. So it's it's hard to describe without kind of sounding a little cuckoo banana with like going into, you know, how she like works. And there's a whole field of medical intuitives that this is kind of something I'm more recently realizing, but really helping us to, I think, to have empowerment over how we think and how we can have some connection of our kind of emotional wellness or our like relationship to like a lot of people talk about the universe, I think now, or God, or like insert whatever kind of greater higher power you connect with. It's a little bit of inviting more of the trust in that higher power and in our own strength of our connection to those higher powers to help to guide us to the best decision for ourselves. And she and other medical intuitives kind of help you to align to what's going to be the best decision or life choice or even like daily routine for you and yourself to really align with who you were brought into this world to be. Again, how does that sound to somebody else on the other side? It's very tricky to describe. Yeah emotional work. You know, I've been working with yeah. a coach for, we'll be coming up at the end of six months and my nervous system has never been better, but how do I explain that to someone? Like she just helps me get rid of unhelpful thoughts. Like she stops me from believing that those are like, I'll say them out loud. And she's like, that's not your thing. <laughs> like not your issue. That's not a helpful thought. That's not true. You know? And then we just reframe everything, but it sounds easier. You know, she makes such a good point. She's like, says a lot of bold statements that are always uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. she says, everyone can get better actually on their own if they want to technically, but with coaching and help, it's just a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably true, right? There's plenty of people who've had success in certain areas. And sometimes, I mean, I avert my eyes from a lot of Facebook groups because sometimes there's stuff going on that I can't imagine being helpful for a long term, or I've already had that experience. So I know that it's a short-term fix, which is what we love. But I think like you're never exactly done. It's just how much success can you get in a certain amount of time? It's kind of like my MO, but then there's always more. Like there's always growth. You know, that was the, my conversation before I was talking to you, like trying to identify my final core value. It's like, is it growth? Is it this or whatever? But there's a lot to this. And like, I thank you for coming and like kind of giving it some life. And I actually think we need now a part two to continue our conversation because your story 
you know, has some interesting stuff. It's got molds, it's got parasites, it's got whatever. And this emotional thing, you know, there's just, there's more to it. So we can speak a little bit more. I feel like there was kind of a lot there. And also kind of like you did a good job talking through like how this has been transformational. You've mentioned briefly, actually, I think that's where we'll go. You mentioned briefly how you have this emotional support. I think that's my issue is like, I feel totally like a fish out of water in this emotional place, but I can tell that it's like the missing piece for some people. And now it's so obvious when they walk in the door that they're going to need this or they're not going to succeed that it's almost painful sometimes to watch, right? Because it's just so obvious. They're just oozing like you really need this type thing. So can you give us a success story or two since you've invited this person into your client calls and, and watched how that's transformed your clients' lives, even when they signed up to work on this very sciencey, tangible thing? Can you give me some... I know you kind of basically alluded to it, but will you tell me like a success story or two of how you've seen that help people grow? Yeah. So there's one from a client from like couple months ago. And we had a session with this woman, Laura. Laura Gray is a medical intuitive that I'm speaking to. Should probably throw out some credit there. And there was a lot of this individual of like, who was she brought into this world to be this like empowered leader and very much leader in there's certain, I guess, characteristics or kind of types of people. She has like kind of four or five categories that she speaks to. And and there's a couple people who are just like old souls who will be all five of those. They kind of encompass this like very well-rounded soul who's an older soul put into, you know, this body, whatnot. That's a whole separate conversation. But this person was this old soul who really was a leader in all five of these categories and like should be this big, very kind of demanding of attention in a wonderful way because like she has things to do and things to say. And like she is here to inspire people. She was running a company with her co-founder who was very much a like overpowering, belittling, like kind of relationship. And this conversation, like there were a lot of tears. She was like very much of like, that's how I feel. That is me. I've always felt that like, and really like kind of building her up to be like, okay, like I've always felt that inside, but I've not had the platform, but I've always pictured myself in front of crowds. I've pictured myself inspiring women. I pictured myself like doing all these things that you're saying I meant to do. I meet with clients every two weeks, literally got on a call with her two weeks. I have goosebumps saying this, got on a call with her two weeks later. She'd left her resigned from her company that she formed with this co-founder. And she was signed up for TBM, the Two Big Magnetic, the Lacey Phillips program to do even more of this work. Cause she was like, I realized I just touched the little tiny bit, like tip of the iceberg. And there's so much deeper that I can go and I'm excited and ready to go. And was just having this, like her health had, and she had a lot of GI. That's kind of what I specialize in was so much better in just those two weeks. It was like, But we hadn't changed a ton. I mean, we were kind of on a protocol, like doing the thing and she was getting consistently better, but it was like almost leaps and bounds better. And I could see like her face was just bright. She was lit up, even though she was like, I don't even know how this, you know, I just left a company and this could be terrible in terms of like how this relationship is going to fall out. But she's like, I know this is the right thing and I'm not scared. And it was just the coolest thing to like witness this happening to this woman. And she's continually like still on this like new mission of her life. And she's like, I feel like I'm finally in tune with with who I'm meant to be. It was just so cool. Yeah. It's a lot, right? Like all of those things can bring up emotions in all of us, like discomfort, disbelief, awe, amazement, curiosity, <laughs> all of those I could say 
could have come up for me, possibly, as you even described that story. Abby, we could talk about this longer. I think we will. I think we will. I look forward to part two. And thanks so much for coming on today. And where can people find you online? So I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is at above health. And my website is Above Health Nutrition. I have the No Drama Digestion Program. If you are struggling with gut symptoms of any sort and you are tired of wasting your time and ready to eliminate those gut symptoms and even wanting to learn a little bit more about this, like kind of how do we get into this emotionally? We have guest speakers in the NDD. Laura, my medical intuitive, is one of them. So we bring in lots of different modalities and tools and really help to get you healed from the inside, the outside, and the invisible. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post.